everyone, my name is Reagan. Welcome to Conversations with Sarah, with your host, Sarah Carnes. She's my mom. She's on the radio and TV and loves the Cleveland Browns. But one of her favorite things is connecting with you. She wants to help you live a healthy, happy life. I don't know how she does it. She even got me to love carrots and eat broccoli. Thanks for listening. Boy, am I feeling good today. Ah, I got a good night's sleep. Isn't it the most amazing feeling when you get a good night's sleep? I woke up this morning before my alarm even went off, and that's very rare. And because I'm working from home right now for our morning show, so I get to sleep in just a little bit more, which is kind of nice. Woke up a little bit earlier, and that it's a big deal because I've not been sleeping great lately. I don't know if anyone else is going through this right now with sleep issues. Maybe it's because I've been in my house for close to three months, it feels like, and not really going anywhere. Um, Maybe it's a little hormonal issues going on, which I am getting checked out. Um, But whatever it is, I've just been having a hard time falling asleep. It's always hard for me to fall asleep too, because I go to sleep so early, and I'm not naturally an early to bed person. So that's something I've kind of always struggled with. Um, When you work an early morning radio show, you have to go to bed early. Sometimes that's not easy when you want to watch a show with your husband or, or do something like that. But today I feel good. And I have to bring up maybe one of the reasons why I feel so good. I I posted something yesterday. I started to dig a little bit deeper into gratitude. So have you ever had something that you know you should be doing? And for whatever reason, you're not doing it. You know, you should be eating more vegetables, and you're not doing it. You know, you would feel better if you ate more vegetables. But for whatever reason, you're not doing it. You know, you should be drinking your juice, (laughs) for whatever reason, not of your juicer, and you're not doing it. I kind of feel that way with um, the whole gratitude journal. I got a gratitude journal at the beginning of the year. I was really great with it, and then I just got away from it. And then I started digging into some research yesterday, and it reminds me of a quote from Stephen Covey who have always loved reading his books, to know and not to do is not to know. It's like, I know practicing gratitude is something I should be doing. And yet I just haven't been very good at it. So I dug a little little into some research yesterday. And I'm actually going to post them on my blog, the links to these research, because if you are like me, and you really want to start practicing gratitude, once you read some of this research, you're going to want to do it even more. So I'm going to post them on my blog and conversationswithsarah.com. But first of all, there's two psychologists at the University of California. Um, that have done much research on gratitude. And in one study, they asked all the participants to write a few sentences each week and focus on particular uh, topics. For instance, in one group, they wrote about all the things they were grateful for that occurred during the week. The second group wrote about daily irritations that they had that just made them unhappy. And then the other group, the third group, wrote about events that had affected them, but with no emphasis on being positive or negative. And after 10 weeks, those who wrote more about gratitude were more optimistic, felt better about their lives. And surprisingly, they also exercised more and had fewer visits to physicians 
and than those who focused on aggravation. And I just reading that, it started to like, ooh, really sink in. Uh, do we persevere through challenges? Do we choose gratitude? Do I choose gratitude? Do I choose happiness? And I, you, if you start to break it down, some of the most admired people in the world had to endure tremendous hardships in their seasons of life. And sometimes the majority of their adulthood, like I'll just name a few, Nelson Mandela, served 27 years in prison. Imagine the mental battle of 27 years in prison and the choices you had to make to to persevere. I mean, there's so many missionaries that have had to go through trials and hardships, countless to name, right? Martin Luther King was arrested 26 times. And that only scratches the surface on the challenges he and others had to endure for the fight for equality. I could go on and on. Uh, I love Walt Disney. He endured failure time after time. I believe it was his first job. He was fired because he wasn't creative enough. You know, the list goes on and on. And you might ask, okay, well, what does gratitude have to do with that? Well, in the article, it goes on to say, a lot, actually. We can't always know what the current season of our life is going to provide till later on, right? So I know if I look back and say, wow, I really went through some really trying times and I always learned something from them. I learned a lesson. It didn't seem like I was going to learn anything at the time, but I always did. When was change ever bad in the long run? I'm not sure it was ever bad in the long run for me. Not that I like going through trials or hardships, but it's just something to think about. So last night, I was determined to sit down in bed. I do my gratitude before bed. Some people do it in the mornings. And I wrote five different things that I was grateful for. And I just focused on them for a while. And I fell asleep. And I had one of the best night's sleep I've had for a long time. Now, I don't know if that's going to work every night. It's still a trial for me. But uh, the research is really strong, and I know last night, along with some prayer and really focusing and trusting on God through um, through all of this, there's so much, again so much change happening in our world right now. So I'm going to put a link to all of these articles. Um, I also have one on Oprah too, where she talks a lot about gratitude, which I thought was really good. Um, the whole idea of sometimes we get more concerned about the difficulty of the climb, and we lose sight that we even have a mountain to climb. So all of those are going to be posted about gratitude. It's uh, Mother's Day weekend. Lots going on. I know it's going to be a little different Mother's Day for everyone. Uh, but uh, I do want to wish every mom out there happy Mother's Day. Very thankful for my mom and my my girls. So again, hopefully you'll have some good takeout orders and won't have to cook <laughs> cook this weekend. I'm very excited to share the podcast today for you uh, with one of my favorite artists. I've been watching and listening to uh, Natalie Grant for years. She's an eight-time Grammy nominee. 500 million streams um, online. She's had countless number one hits. I can't even remember off the top of my head. Um, she's a mom. She's a wife. She's been very transparent about uh, several different battles that she's um, been working to overcome anxiety, depression, um, 
cancer a few years ago. She had thyroid cancer. And through it all, she's been very transparent, talked about going to counseling, and that has helped her. And it's really helped me to see her and listen to her and to get her advice and thoughts because she's so well-spoken. And I'm so glad she was gracious enough to sit down with me and share her thoughts on a multitude of things about faith, family, um, just life in general during quarantine and how things have changed. And of course, we also had to talk a few beauty tips as well, because she's always the most styling lady. I love her to pieces. I know you will too. And don't forget, I am going to be posting all this information um, about gratitude that I want to share with you on my blog as well, conversationswithsarah.com. And I also want to remind you that there is Shop My Faves over at uh, conversationswithsarah.com as well. And I'm, I'm putting in a bunch of different things from the stuff I use at home to the vitamins that I give my kids to the safe nail polish to the safe beauty products, all of that kind of stuff. Um, We all learn by sharing our secrets with each other. So I hope you'll check that out as well. And without further ado, here is Miss Natalie Grant. Well, today I am so excited with me right here, eight-time Grammy nominee, the woman with the most powerful, beautiful voice that I can think of. I've loved her for so many years. I know you have too. Her lyrics, her song, she she has the voice of an angel. I'm here with Miss Natalie Grant. You're so kind. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. <laughs> I may or may not have uh, binged all of your songs at the piano with Bernie during quarantine life. <laughs> Thank you for listening and watching. Oh, my word. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. You know, I I was thinking earlier today, I feel like our lives are changing almost daily. We're going through so many different changes. And for those of you who haven't watched Natalie on Instagram, you have to follow her on Instagram. (laughs) There are so many cool pieces of her life that has helped minister to me, that has helped just... Thank you. Yeah, I'll share some other things later, but even with my hairstyle, you know, she, she shares it all. <laughs> A lot of good tips. Um, but you and your husband sitting down at the, the piano and a, a song a day to take the crazies away. It's just been really cool to see that. Um, first of all, how has your family been doing? Well, you know, I think it's a day-to-day thing, right? I mean, some days we're doing great and other days we're like, get to bed at night and just go, okay, everyone's alive. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) We didn't actually kill each other. (laughs) Um, But I think, you know, again, it's like an emotional roller coaster, right? Which as I'm sure, you know, the case for everyone. It's funny because the song a day thing that we started, to be honest with you, so that started back on like March the... I want to say it was like maybe March the 16th or something. And it was like our first couple of days where we thought this thing would maybe be for like a week or (laughs) 10 days. Yeah. And we actually said, hey, we should do like a song. That'd probably be fun. And it was even like, I think it was like a clever little hashtag I didn't even think through. I was like, (laughs) oh, a song a day keeps the crazies away. And people were like, wait, are you going to do a song every day? (laughs) And I went, oh, sure. I didn't even think about that 44 days later or whatever, we'd still be here. And it's funny because 
Um, it's been really special to hear from so many people about how that's actually become a part of their daily quarantine life. But I have to be honest with you that it's been so special for my husband and I. Um, a lot of people don't know, you know, that he is also just a music producer and a songwriter for a lot of other people. And he does write and produce my stuff as well, but he doesn't come on the road with me. But that's how we started. We've been married for 21 years. And so to kind of strip everything away and to get back to just him on the piano and me singing the song and there's something that's been like a return to our roots for us. Mm. And so it's been like a medicine for our own heart that we're just really grateful. It's meant something to other people because it's meant something to us, you know? Um, and I think that that's even been something that's kind of been a settling for us every day. Like we have this, we have this thing to do. Yes. Um, but I've got three daughters, twin daughters that are 13 and another daughter that's nine. And so this season as a parent, you know, I'm sure everyone has their own, you know, issues with whether maybe someone it's because they live alone and they're so lonely. And so when they hear someone like me say, oh my gosh, I always love my husband, but I didn't know that I didn't like him all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This season kind of brings some of those things out where you're like, oh, yeah. we're, we're in lockdown. But I said that there's maybe been some things that have been locked down in our hearts and lives that actually needed to get unlocked. And so in this season of lockdown, it's kind of helped us unlock some of that, which is not always fun, but always good. Um, but you know, all of us have our own thing that we're walking through in this season. And for me, it's been the hardest just to manage my kids, not because it's hard to deal with them, but because they miss their friends and yeah. they're heartbroken because school was canceled and, you know, they wanted to have their school play they were in or their dance recital or, you know, all of those different stages of grief that all of us are facing through this. So it's a day-to-day -day thing. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just curious. How do you, because I'm dealing with the same thing. We actually, our, our youngest daughter, you're Sadie and my Reagan are the exact same age. I think they're only oh. like really, and they're like the same. When you post little videos, like she's the <laughs> one putting on the top hat and the cane and dancing of around. Of course, the kitchen, yes. You yes. know? Lots of personality. Yes, yes. And then my old <laughs> Older daughter is kind of the more shy, timid, you yeah. know, doesn't like the camera as much. Yes. As a mom, because I'm navigating through all of those things too, what, how are you kind of like, do you find you're like, okay, well, I'll do this with you at home or yeah. I'll do this or, <laughs> well, it's really, that. I actually, um, it was probably about three weeks ago now. We were kind of right in the middle of all of this. And my personality type is I'm, I'm optimistic by nature. And I'm also like a constantly making lemonade out of lemons kind of a person. So we're just like, we're going to make lemonade and we're going to... Well, sometimes though you eventually want to get to the lemonade, sometimes it's just really important to recognize the lemons. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes it's just really important to say... Actually, instead of trying to brush past this, um, I need to give this a second where they can talk about how they feel. And that was really important for our family, um, especially for my older two daughters who are very different in personality. And it has brought some real stress in relationships with them, like this, you know, constant in each other's space, but then everybody deals with conflict differently. Like my kids don't even seem like they should be cousins. They're so different. <laughs> um, and then as a parent, that's a real 
juggling act because it means that instead of forcing all of my kids to fit my mold of parenting, the better thing is for me to actually understand that each of them need to be communicated with individually and that one size does not fit all. And so for my older two, kind of about three weeks ago, coming to this place of going, you know what? I've never given them the opportunity to actually just grieve what it is that they're sad about in this season. So sitting down with them and saying, I want you to tell me what you're really sad about. And I'm not going to try to have a comeback (laughs) for everything you say. I'm not going to try to say, but this is why that's going to be good. Instead, I'm just going to let you talk about what you're sad about. And it was so healing for my older two daughters and to do it away from my younger daughters so that they had a space where they could talk without being interrupted um, and hearing what was making them sad and then go, okay, asking the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't want them to sit in this sadness, but I want to be sensitive to it. And I feel like that's a day-to-day thing right? Where you just have to, and it sounds like it's super spiritual, but you really do have to ask the Holy Spirit, okay, you're our comforter. You're also our gauge. You're also all of these things. And when you ask him to guide you, you kind of just have to believe by faith that he's going to. And then um, that for us has been, for me personally, that's been a really important component. (laughs) I love that. Every day, like, okay, before I even talk to my kids, Holy Spirit, just show me the things I need to see, help me discern the things I need to know. And then we walk through this day by day, you know? I love that advice for a mom. That's so good. And as I'm hearing you talk to it, I feel like, gosh, you could probably use that with people and other adults. I was reading an article today how there's three different pandemic personalities and everybody's kind of approaching this differently, whether you're the the skeptic, whether you're the, (laughs) okay, I'm just going to believe whatever, you know, people tell me to do, I'm going to follow the rules, you know, people, everyone's, everyone's kind of different here. And recognizing that I, not everyone's going to feel the same way I will in listening to why they feel the way they feel. Totally. I love that. Now yeah. your your new song weapon, I love. I love all, <laughs> Thank I you. feel I'm a very I'm a lyric person. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like that's another reason why I love you so much. It's your voice and the lyrics of your songs always just end up giving me chills every time <laughs> I hear them. Because <laughs> it's just I just think they speak to you so much. Now your new song Weapon, when um you posted you and your husband singing it on Facebook, you're very yeah, I love how transparent you are. You're going like you're saying things like, and I'm not gonna be able to say it exactly. <laughs> I don't have that good of memory, but just of how you know things really became real for you today. Yeah. And I know yeah. that was uh, a month or so ago, and we're you, you know yeah. things are changing daily. But I love how transparent you are with that song. It your presence is my weapon. Kind of yes. just tell me about that. Well, it's funny because um, actually it was written a long time, well, not a long time ago, but long before this pandemic hit. And, um, you know, for me in my own life, um, a few years ago, I walked through thyroid cancer and, um, you know, I knew they were going to get the cancer out, but there was this whole question of whether or not I would ever sing again because the um, malignant tumor was actually pressing against my vocal nerve. And so they had told me, hey, we're going to get the cancer, but 
this is probably going to affect your singing voice. It's going to, even if it comes back, you won't have the same strength and your range won't probably be the same. So that was like a whole other situation of me walking through like, what do you mean? My voice might not work. Like, huh? Right. Um, and I had to really learn to like rest in who God is as the King of the world. Like, never before. That's like a really great song that's clever to sing to everybody else until you have to live it. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. It's way easier to give people advice on how they need to live their life than it is to actually have to follow your own advice. And so um, that was already something I've been walking through. And then, you know, the gift of God is that my voice actually came back stronger and all of this stuff that was like these big miracles. Right. And I, I don't mean to downplay or diminish that miracle in my life in any way, because it was a true miracle. My voice is actually, I don't know what they did in there, but they like gave me a tune up or something. But <laughs> It's literally stronger now than it ever was before the surgery, which I do feel is just the gift of God that comes with a purpose. Like, okay, I did this for a purpose and a reason, but at the same time, because of that miracle and um, some very well-meaning people had been like, oh my gosh, you're going to do, you're going to write the songs of your life and you're about to go to greater heights than you've ever gone before. And I can't explain it to you other than to say that paralyzed me. I was like, well, what do the songs of my life even sound like? And what if they're just kind of good? Like, what if they're not amazing? What if they're not road shattering? They're just kind of good songs, you know? And so it paralyzed me from the pressure for a long time. And there was a group of worship songwriters that were on a retreat in Colorado, and they came up with this idea, your presence is my greatest weapon. You know, you, you push back the darkness and you break every chain. And that whole idea and that first verse, which says, let every lie be silenced and all depression cease. Let every dark assignment bow down at Jesus feet. Well, they sent, they texted me this idea, like, Hey, does this resonate with you? And I cannot explain it to you, but it from the moment I heard just those words, those first words, it broke something in me that was like, you are striving to try to live up to something that's not even from the Lord. You are putting a pressure on yourself that's not from the Lord. All of these man-made things that you're allowing to control your life, when in fact, the presence of God is actually what you need to fight your anxiety, to fight your yeah. fear, to fight that feeling like you don't measure up, to fight whatever it is. And so I ended up taking that idea and then I, I wrote the chorus and I wrote the Brit. It was the strangest songwriting um, session wow. I've ever had because we were never in the same room. But God used that initial idea that he gave them to really break something in me. And it's funny because I was reading in Exodus and I don't know about you, but I'm a New Testament kind of a girl because I love reading about Jesus. I'm like, Jesus is all the good stuff. And the <laughs> Old Testament is sometimes like full of really unbelievably difficult stories and harsh and like, like anger. And so I kind of, I'm like, unless it's the Psalms, <laughs> I'm always like, I'm just going to go read about Jesus. But you can't ever just, it needs the whole context, right? And I was reading in Exodus 33, and this is where Moses and the children of Israel, right? They're learning about what their distance from God, their sin puts this distance between them and God. And 
And in that chapter, God's actually telling them, this is what your sin does, does to our relationship, but I'm still going to deliver you to the promised land. Mm. And there's just this one part in Exodus 33 that for me kind of sums up even this moment that we're living in that this song that God knew was going to speak to this moment that I didn't know six months ago when we did it. Um, and Moses says, well, great, we're going to get to the promised land, but you've just told us that you're not going with us. So what good is the promised land without your presence? And Moses actually says to God, it's your presence that sets us apart from every other people on the planet. Mm. Your presence is what makes us different. And then Moses prays this. He says, so show me your glorious presence. Mm. And I even get goosebumps when I say that because that for me has been my prayer even in this season. And it's what that song is all about that the presence of God actually does the fighting for us, that we're always trying to find a way to overcome everything that we're in. And then we go to podcasts and then we go to this and then all of those things aren't bad, but they begin to become our like crutch where we're just yeah. grabbing at anything we can to be a quick fix for our life. When God is saying, my presence is with you, I never leave you, I never go back on my word, and your circumstances do not determine your God, your God needs to inform your circumstances of who he is. And for me, it's that prayer of show me your glorious presence, because I know that your presence equals peace. It doesn't equal perfect, and it doesn't equal no pain or no storm, but it equals peace. And that really is what this song is all about. And then the timing of when it came out, I'm like, Lord, you did right. this all along. This wasn't planned. You knew this all along. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that amazing? I love that you said you're studying Exodus, by the way. I like got a little excited because I was so like you, like New Testament, New Testament. Like yes. it almost like scared me to start studying the Old Testament. Totally. It's overwhelming and old. And then, you know, what changed it for me is a book called The Rock, The Road, The Rabbi from Kathy Gifford. Yes. It rocked. Write that down. <laughs> yes. And Rabbi Jason Sobel, he's a messianic rabbi. Yes. And learning and kind of diving in to learning the Bible that way has yes. just rocked my world. So I'm doing Exodus right now as well. We have <laughs> we everyone are. at work. We're like referring, we're all, we're doing, we've read the rational <laughs> Bible by Dennis Prager and kind of just going into all of this. So, so those are two books you must read. If you're really that. getting into I'm the old Testament. Because I think it's so powerful when you begin to understand that, wait a second, this stuff is actually all, t like, it's not like it's yes. two parts. Yes. It's actually one yes. that has this thread from beginning to end and that you even see the coming Messiah, that narrative is being told in the Old Testament where I didn't always see it like that. You know what I mean? So again, same, but I'm going to go check out that book. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> I, I love how transparent you are with your hill, hills and valleys. You talked a little bit about you, your thyroid cancer. You've, yeah. uh, you've helped me through different things, struggling with depression. Mm -hmm. You know, you've shared your story as well. You've helped so many women. And um, when you were talking about the thyroid cancer, I remember you coming like live on Instagram and how... I just thought how courageous you were mm -hmm. for getting on and talking so 
transparent. I mean, I would have been a mess. I'm thinking, <laughs> holy cow, how is she doing this? I would be a nutcase right now if someone just told me this. And here you are. I am declaring, Lord, that, you know, and I was just like, I need to be more like that. It was really a good influence on me. And it really started me thinking in like in a different way. What do you, how do you think like going through all those valleys? Cause you spoke to sometimes in the Valley, it's really hard to do that. And I'm sure yeah. and not every moment you felt like that. I'm sure there no. were really hard times. <laughs> so I'm just, yeah. I'm picking out one of the good because I loved it. Yeah. But what do you think that, and I'm talking spiritually, I know you've probably learned a lot, but even lifestyle wise too, because I think we we tend to, we're talking about the spiritual stuff a lot, which is awesome, and I love that. But I think even through some of the valleys that God has put me through, He's changed my lifestyle some too, with the the way yeah. I eat, the way I do things with my family. Is there anything like that that you say, "Wow, I really learned to do this better"? Well, it's funny because um, yeah, a few years ago I got really serious about just taking care of, of my, of my actual body, me. And I think there's this like idea and maybe it's self-imposed, but, um, I just feel like there's sometimes this kind of idea that especially as women, our job is to serve, 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 take care of everybody. Um, and then we almost begin to find our identity in how much we take care of everybody else. And mm -hmm. it almost becomes our crutch. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know, but look at me, I'm actually taking care of the world. And I am just like, and then we actually forget to take care of ourselves. I, I see this all the time. I was a living example of that. My mom is a living example. Like every woman I know, yeah. even if they're not married and aren't a mom, I say, if you are a woman, you are the glue for somebody somewhere because it's just how we're wired. We're just wired to hold things together. But as a result, I feel like we put ourselves last and then somehow we wear that as a badge of honor that yeah. we put ourselves at the bottom. When in fact, the Bible says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Mm -hmm. And that scripture a few years ago actually kind of rocked my world when I thought, wait a second, the Bible's actually telling me that I'm supposed to love myself. <laughs> like yeah. I, that actually taking care of myself isn't selfish. Um, it's actually smart. And that when I take care of myself and I, it's not like I'm putting myself above everything. And it's, it's all about perspective and your mindset. Um, and that for me being healthy, um, taking time for myself, even if that just meant locking myself in my own yeah. car and like saying, don't bother me for 15 minutes because I need this and it's okay to ask for this. Um, that it actually started to make me a better wife and a better mom. It started to clear my head and make me hear God in a clearer way. And I'm not always good at it. Like um, in just the last six months, I felt like I've fallen back into some really old habits where I'm tired and I'm exhausted. And so I'm an absolute food comfort person. Like I'll like turn to those things which feed me in a moment, but don't, aren't actually beneficial for me. Um, and then I'll start to just kind of tune everything out in my nighttime hours and be like, I'm just going to live on Netflix for a minute. And we have all these reasons why that's okay. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's not okay to do it from time to time, but when it actually becomes your medicine yeah. is where it's like, okay, I need to take a moment, step back 
and remember those things that actually keep me healthy. And I think that really taking care of yourself, not because you're trying to look a certain way or live up to a cultural standard, but because you're actually trying to be healthy inside and outside um, is really important, especially for your mental health. Yes. And I do struggle with um, fear and anxiety. I am not somebody that can tell you that God just miraculously has taken that away from me. I wish that I could. And I'm, I'm not believing that he's not capable of that. I know that he is, yeah. but it's actually something that I have to like surrender and submit to the Lord on a regular basis. Um, and I wish that I could just say, I've got full victory over, you know, yeah. that isn't, that isn't real life for me, but I have a greater understanding of what that when the Bible says, take every thought captive. Yeah. I had to finally come to this place where I'm a bit of a control freak. And so we, then we, then the way we answer that is we tell ourselves, well, we really, we're just fooling ourselves because we really don't have control anyway. We don't have control over anything, but that's actually not true. We can control our thought life because if we couldn't, the Bible wouldn't tell us to take every thought captive. If we didn't have the power to do that, he wouldn't tell us that we could and that we should. Right. And so for me, that's been the one thing that I'm like, actually, Natalie, you get to control that. You can't control those things that are bringing about the panic all the time. And you can't control this, that, or the other, but you can control how you let your thought life rule you. And so for me, sometimes that's on an hourly basis. I've got to take a moment and I've got to take this thought and I've got to actually submit it to what God's word says. I've got to submit yeah. it to surrendering it. Okay. This is just how I'm feeling, but it doesn't mean that it's fact. Right. Um, and for me, that's been a really important discipline because it's a discipline. It isn't yeah. something we want everything to be easy. I am a microwave generation. I get it. Like you want everything to just be like, yes. give me this podcast and give me the three things I need to do to right. just fix this. Right. But it really, it's actually a discipline and it's a discipline to take care of yourself. It's a discipline um, to take every thought. These are disciplines that we do have the ability to do. It's just a matter of actually doing it. I love that. <laughs> if that makes sense. No, I love that. I love that. Now, I want to do one more thing before I let you go quickly yes. because, um, I, like I said, follow Natalie on Instagram because she's amazing. <laughs> I, I'm not a big, she's on Facebook. She's on everything. I'm more of an Instagram girl myself. <laughs> Me but, too. I'm an Instagrammer. <laughs> um, no, I, you, you, I always thought I would say three things you've influenced me by, and then I have a question. So number one, my prayer. I know that's probably unexpected, yeah. but one time <laughs> I heard you, you know, some, some things just stick with you. And yeah. one time you were talking, it must've been a live Instagram or something. And you were talking about how the, the verse pray without ceasing to you meant kind of, I just talked to God all day, like yeah. in the car, <laughs> in the, like, and I never thought of it that way. And I just started praying without ceasing. And just like, I thought that I was such that. a beautiful thing. Like I'm in the shower, I'm on the way to work. Yes. I'm gonna, and I've shared that so many times with people. And I just, I love that. So that was something that was pretty powerful. Oh, that means me. a lot to me. <laughs> yeah, the other two are more beauty sense. Okay, girl. <laughs> One time you shared this dry texturing okay, spray. Girl, I'm okay. living on that right now. <laughs> <laughs> me too. The other one. And then this is how you also have influenced me. The beauty. Yeah. 
Every girl, look at how cute you are in that beanie. Oh my I love God. it. I love beanies and I love that you wear beanies all the time. So I live in beanies and actually let's just take a moment and recognize you have dark hair, but let's take a moment and recognize that I should actually be in a beanie 24 seven right now. <laughs> no, because I love the it. Roots, the root situation is so very real. I know. I'm about to do some eyeshadow and uh, yes. do that up in here. I've tried every root touch-up kit and none of them are working with my blonde. So I'm like, <laughs> I don't, I, this just is what it is. And we're, all of us are in this. That's the only thing I know. we can find comfort in. It's not like just some of us are going through this. The whole world is going through this. Yes. You can't tell on Zoom, so it's all good. Any other must-have <laughs> products I need to know about? Okay, so my newest product that I am loving so much are magnetic lashes, and I have a small <gasps> pair on right now. I've been meaning to, I wanted to touch, talk to someone that actually <laughs> had them. Now we're talking about the stuff that's so important. Just kidding. Okay, so the only thing I can tell you, because I've only been using it for a week, is that um, don't get the kind that the lash sticks to the lash, where they're like magnetic to each other. Oh, okay. Only get the kind that is magnetic eyeliner. And so I literally just put this eyeliner on and then you let it dry. And then the lash literally magnets to the liner and it really? just literally, yes. I don't know if you can see that on Yes, Zoom, they're but. beautiful. <laughs> I need these are to called, have these. These are like the short ones because I did lash extensions and I was allergic to the glue. So my real lashes fell out. Oh my gosh. No way. So then I had to stop doing that. And then I used some of the serum, not the medical one, but some natural one that I found right. on Amazon. And that actually helped them kind of grow back. Um, but then I was like, now listen, if this magnetic eyeliner, it comes out in like a year or two, <laughs> it's bad for you. I didn't tell you. Okay. Okay. I love it though. <laughs> I wanted to use it, but it's actually amazing. And they've stayed on. Now I haven't been on tour, so I don't know. I'm a crier. So I don't know if when I like cry, if they're going to like, if I'm going to be in the middle of a show and I'm going to have a lash strip, like on do you my take them off at night. I take them off. You take, okay. do you just take it off with your eye makeup remover and you, okay. you pull the lash right off. It sticks so, in a little case and then you put the eyeliner on when you do your makeup again. I love it. After the cry test, I'm all in. No, I'm just kidding. I okay, love perfect. it. I love it. See, I know you have all, all of the latest tips. I love it, Natalie. <laughs> well, thank you so much Aww. for sharing time with it's us today. It's a joy to hang out with you. I'm so glad we got to do this. Thank you for having me. Uh, I just love her. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. She always brings me joy every time I hear her. That was Miss Natalie Grant, of course. And I just want to thank you all for listening once again. And if you like the podcast, you can, of course, still catch up on all the episodes you missed. I have some more new ones coming soon that I'm super excited to share. And if you like it, if you wouldn't mind doing me a huge favor and just commenting on Apple iTunes and leaving a good review, giving a five-star it really does make a difference and it means a lot. I see I see all those messages and um you know, I just I do this cuz I want to help as many people I can with good information, with encouraging information. So if it's helpful, that means a lot to me and I love your positive feedback. So thanks so much and God bless.